Years ago in American baseball, they had a team who produced the Flatbush Follies. Everything they touched turned not to gold, but uh, just to brass. And here it comes now, and bang. Well, that's gone straight up in the air. Wall won't drop. There's no way in the world. It's Not with me, they don't. I think it was a very poor performance. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Hello and welcome. Welcome to the Backhanders podcast, where we bring you the ins and the outs of the great game. Oh, not of tennis. No, no, no longer. It is the great game of Ashes Test Cricket. And with me to do just that is a man who's devastating left arm double bouncing slow medium powder puff quarter trackers make him the perfect podcast host for a tennis podcast come cricket podcast it is cutters cutters welcome oh lightning so good to be with you i uh (laughs) i love you (laughs) i just feel like we're closer than ever in spite of the distance between us you know that i'm always here for you mate i yes are you you're all right catus i'm uh i guess uh look i'll, I'll come clean i'm a little inebriated or uh, as the british would eloquently put it <laughs> faced um i made in hindsight what might be a poor decision of starting my own uh drinking game with other viewers whereby we we have a little sip on Grandpa's old cough medicine every time an Englishman drops a catch. <laughs> Suffice to say, I couldn't have in my wildest predictions have prepared my liver for what was about to ensue. <laughs> right. Well, this will make for a fantastic podcast, Catters. I'm looking forward to some good form from you. Uh, do you want to take five? Are you, uh, you going to be all right there? Oh, nope. Yep. Just a little bit of sandpaper down the old Y-fronts has uh, sobered me right up, Lightning. <laughs> Nothing like a fresh chafe in the morning, hair of the dog. I'm with you again. How are you? I'm very good. No, really, how are you? I'm, I'm, I'm better, particularly now I am so aware of your wonderful love for me. Cutters, what was <laughs> this drinking game? I'm, I'm not familiar with the... Uh, Dropped Catches Ashes drinking game. Is there a name for this kind of setup? Yes, Lightning. It is called the Ben Drunkard. <laughs> oh, good. And it was largely out of control by the second session, Lightning. I'm not too proud of a man to admit that not for the first time, Joe Root had absolutely screwed me over, Lightning, and I had, by the end of the day, hit the ground more than the ball. It wasn't pretty. <laughs> Well, Catters, I'm going to need you to pick yourself up off the canvas because that is exactly what Basball has done. The English have pulled off a heist and taken out the third test to get themselves back in the series. It's now 2-1. It's game on. Anything could happen from here, Catters. Was this something you were expecting? Oh, lightning. I mean, if it was not traumatic enough 
to be having my stomach pumped while simultaneously being handcuffed by Danish police. I then have an angry bartender breaking the news to me that the poms are off the canvas, snaring the third test. It was not the best three minutes of my life, I will say, Lightning. And no. to be honest, this news that Bazball is alive was definitely not on my radar about 24 hours ago, let alone five days ago when I had both metaphorically and literally driven my truck over it and then reversed back just to double check that I'd done the job right the first time, then proceeded to douse it in petrol, burying it in a sea of unlit fireworks and then taking a half-burnt effigy of Bert Newton again, a very random choice, <laughs> only to see that uh, that bastard's still alive. Yes. It's unbelievable. I mean, what is going on there? Wow. Like the right hand of Moen Ali, that thing has nine lives, Lightning. <laughs> Catters, you are exactly right. It's series on, 2-1. And who would have thought? I mean, I, I can only assume Australia... Not wanting to be playing Angry Birds in the change rooms for the next two tests, decided to to throw this one in, which keeps the series alive. And you could tell they didn't want to win the match because, once again, they opened with David Warner. But allow me, Cutters, to give you a quick pricey of how the test rolled. England continued to get the better of the favourable weather conditions, which seems to be a theme of this series, that whenever the cloud covering favours England, they're the ones bowling. They continue to have the rub of the green which may also account for why Cameron Green was out injured from uh, excessive English rubbing. So he was replaced by Mitch Marsh, who made a ton in the first innings. But the story early in the test was a fiery Mark Wood who burst out of the blocks and bowled the second fastest spell in Ashes test history, falling just shy of the spell Harry Potter used to defeat Lord Voldemort. So, But enter, at this point, Mitch Marsh, who salvaged the first innings, made 100. This was followed by an English innings in disarray when Ben Stokes chimed in and decided to just start plonking them over the fence despite carrying about 12 separate injuries. And then, of course, it was game on and we got nudged cutters in the end. The English took it out with a couple of wickets left on day four. So all in all, a thrilling test and series back alive. So that's our read cutters. But my understanding is you were in the UK during this test. I'm keen to see the lay of the land. What was the read from the ground? Yeah, Lightning. I mean, as soon as word got back to me in Copenhagen that there was such a thing as rub of the green, I wanted in on that action and uh, <laughs> booked my tickets immediately. But alas, my green nor any other part of my body was rubbed whilst over there, Lightning, not even on those <laughs> overcrowded tube journeys. But I was pleasantly surprised that the Brits seemed to have embraced modern dentistry of late, but also the fact that they were just hearing my Australian accent and immediately approaching me gushing with praise for not only the podcast, I should pass on their regards, huge fans, Lightning, mm. but also just the general spirit of the play that the Australians have shown this series. I feel like we've won a lot of fans over there. That really took me okay. aback, Lightning. And it's not just cricket. I feel like many of the Brits were telling me that they feel they've learnt life lessons from our cricketers this last okay. month. That's pleasing to hear, Lightning. It's bigger than Bazball. It's Kaman Sutra. There's something bigger mentally about the whole process. And 
just seeing so many young kids come up to me with a little wink and a doth of the cap saying, Oh, I governor, how wonderful is cricket? You know, these little chimney sweeps. It was just, you know, faces covered in soot in between shifts of polishing Cadiz's old boots. They would just say to me, look, we really feel inspired by Mitchell Stark and the other Mitch, you know, the old Mitch switch. And it was just beautiful. One of them was flanked by a suspicious looking woman with an umbrella who, I don't know what was going on with her. She said something about... um, Super Kawaja Fragile Pitches Paddy Looks Ferocious. <laughs> so, Lightning, overall, just a pleasant surprise to hear that it's the hearts and minds of the British people that we've won, uh, along with the series, which was a foregone conclusion since the moment we arrived <laughs> with our baggage at Heathrow. You know, and 4-1, 5-0, same, same, but different, as my tax accountant would say. <laughs> well, I must say, a bit surprised, Kat. Your sentiments don't exactly marry well with the letter bombs and death threats that I've been getting over the last several weeks now. Uh, so, good to hear there's another perspective out there, Cutters. I'm keen to not only hear what the English think on the ground, I'm keen to hear what you and I feel, what, what's appealing. Let's move towards our first segment and uh, let's see what's got us excited from this last test. Brilliant this morning was Joe Root and how he just owned the game. He ran the game, he was pure quality, and he just owned that space. And just had all, all of this lot were just scratching their heads, going, what do we do? Well, he's out now. He got 40. <laughs> uh, let's, let's move on. So, Cutters, what's been appealing for you? Well, Lightning, it might be the alcohol talking, but I want to start with an apology. And it's a two-parter. The first is, I'm sorry I didn't organise to wear pants for this recording. The second is... Just tilt the camera just up, just a little. Thank you. Thanks. That's it. That's the way. A little bit further, another 12 inches. Yeah. Great. Thanks. If you don't want to be privy to my rub of the green lightning, that's your choice. (laughs) That sandpaper's really made a mash of things, hasn't it? As you were. Lightning, the second apology needs to be doled out to one Mitch Marsh. Now, not to wash my hands of the situation, but I like to say it how I see it, Lightning. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I could go by pre-series was his entire body of work as a cricketer. And with (laughs) and armed with that information, I drew some conclusions, Lightning. Namely, that he would be a very good proponent of the Gatorade during the drinks breaks. His body of work, it's been surprising to see his body work recently is the other challenge (laughs) that's true actually lightning i hadn't taken into account the fact that this guy is a feat of medical science he's about (laughs) seven former county cricketers rolled into one quite literally and this fine specimen the bison they call him lightning the bicentennial bison i think um no i believe it is actually bison which is latin for bi meaning two and sons so Two sons, uh, one of which is far more talented than you, Sean. I believe Bison was what his dad said to him the moment he was 12 and old enough to leave home. (laughs) (laughs) 
he saw me train in the nets and I never saw him again. Was that a coincidence? <laughs> we'll leave that for his therapist to determine over the next 25 years. But uh, The moment Mitch Marsh could actually get the ball off the square, Father Jeff, known as quite the plotter, was like, you are out. <laughs> Bye, son. <laughs> so we had flagged in earlier episodes that the Australians were doing the old Mitch switch tactic. Yes. Where they had him out on the pitch, mm-hmm. marking his run up, Still wearing his Power Ranger pajamas, <laughs> unlikely to take the field for any meaningful play lightning. And yet it was a double mind trick because the Mitch switch was replaced with the Cam Scam. Oh, yes. Which is not to be confused with the Murph Swerve, which was where Murph Hughes was charged with driving under the influence and riding <laughs> off his four wheel drive around a bend. The Cam Scam lightning involves Cameron Green being taken out to pastures for an extended rub of the green session. Half your luck, Cam. And Mitch Marsh being brought in to just, what would you call it, lightning? Flog-a-pom, slap-a-pom. Whack-a-pom. Yep. You name it. Bomb-a-pom. Play pom-pom with a pom. (laughs) Smack my Brits up. All of these things are acceptable. (laughs) And how did that look, Lightning? I hear you not asking because you're again staring at my sandpaper-worn crotch. (laughs) I have two eyes, Lightning. I'm up here. It does take up a lot of the screen, (laughs) Kaz. So Mitch just went out and played with house money, Lightning. Mm. I love seeing a player with no pressure on whatsoever. We all know that any small bit of performance we can squeeze out of that empty toothpaste tube that is Mitch Marsh's sporting career is a bonus. And he felt exactly the same way. It was like seeing an 18-year-old show up to under-14's lightning and just flay them about to the boundaries. Cutter's incredible. A runner ball, 100, 118, when we're in dire straits, balls moving around left, right and centre, and salvages his wreck of a body and our innings all at once to get us back into the game. Really was absolutely incredible. A guy who was able to play short bowling, and uh, the way you play it is just (laughs) hit it over the fence. So returning to the team from the wilderness, from the boggy marsh, Australia was in all sorts, five for nothing, and out came Mitch and salvaged not only his body, But the innings, an incredible left field result. Yeah, Lightning, I agree. And that's why I'm excited because how many other washed up subpar cricketers do we have lying around the change rooms (laughs) who we can just bring out to surprise ourselves more than the opposition? (laughs) Lightning, what's appealing to you? Well, what's appealing to me has traditionally been English cricketers who are plotters. Mm. And that's always been our living memory of English cricket, cutters, of slow, laborious, lethargic batsmen and bowlers who just do their thing and allow Australia to just take them to the cleaners. And yet, cutters, what's been appealing this series has been the Thunderbolt Mark Wood. We are used Mm. to little dibble-dobblers who look in English conditions, move the ball around and do all sorts of dark arts in the air with their manufactured balls. But what we don't often see is pace bowling, genuine quick bowling. 
Enter Mark Wood. This guy was absolutely exceptional, Gutters. Bold, as we mentioned, the second fastest spell in Ashes history. He was just throwing him down, and he was throwing himself down. He was bowling at 150 k's an hour. But not only that, every second delivery was on the turf, sprawled out, having absolutely given it everything. They've struggled to get this bloke fit. He's barely played two tests in a row, mainly because he's just a kamikaze pilot. They get this bloke, <laughs> they put him at the start of the run, they push him down the hill, and he just throws his literal body at the batter. It was just something to behold. So he destroyed us in that first innings, had a bunch of wickets by tea time, but Catters, he'd barely bowled. He was the most threatening part of that first session. You get into lunchtime, he'd bowled four overs. <laughs> so I assume now they put him back in the hyperbaric chamber, try and get him ready for a couple of tests time. But it was absolutely something to behold. Agreed, Lightning. It was absolutely phenomenal. The only thing is, I'm not entirely sure that our friend Woody is aware that a test match is more than one session. It's actually three sessions a day for five days, <laughs> let alone a series of five tests. The guy went hard and fast and just burnt out by lunch. I have a feeling he thought it was a 2020 game. I think I saw him show up in his blue-colored English shirt, actually. Yes. He was painted white before going on the field for the opening session. They actually asked for the heavy roller for the pitch and the paint roller for Mark Wood <laughs> just to get him back to white. Well, I think there was footage emerging of him at lunchtime FaceTiming with his family, telling them what a successful match he'd had and uh, <laughs> how great everything was. Looking forward to his ice bath and subsequent follow-up match in six weeks' time. So I hate to break it to you, mate. <laughs> You've just completed the first 5% of a test match and you look like you've come back from the front line of World War II. So. And I was impressed not only, Cutters, with this incredible pace Mark Wood brought, but the strategy behind it. Mm. I mean, this is what was so appealing for me, was just the smarts to not only hurl a ball down at 150k plus, but to hurl your body down in some kind of... Two and a half somersault with Pike. I mean, they've got 15 metre sight screens, but there's no way you can block a bloke who's tumbling down the wicket at you. You're right, Lightning. It's less about him playing the wrong format of cricket. He's playing the wrong sport. He's a frustrated Russian gymnast. And beyond that, destroying the pitch, Lightning. I mean, yes. clearly the groundsmen have a policy of no kung fu follow through. And. <laughs> this or sandpaper, I mean, what is the bigger crime? I'm really struggling yes. with that, Lightning. And the batter, I mean, how distracting is that? I saw a few of the Aussies walking off with that clear ghost-like expression on their face, the old PDTB, the post-delivery Taibo. <laughs> They'd just come face-to-face -face with the Karate Kid and been Cobra kai dragged on. Well, what is war good for? It is good for producing war heroes and war criminals. And the Australian cricket team did that in ample supply of both. And we attempt in our cricket analysis to weed out those very categories. Who are our war heroes? Our tugger, Steve War-like heroes. And who is our Mark Jr. war criminal? Catters, who you got? Well, Lightning, my war hero is probably going to come as a surprise to our listeners and 
to you, because you're not particularly good at reading our notes ahead of the schedule, <laughs> those ones that you prepared diligently. Notes? <laughs> yes. It is none other than Dave Warner. Davey Warner. I fear lightning that he has lost his edge. Well, that would actually be the best case scenario from here because he keeps <laughs> nicking every ball through to the slip cordon from one guy. One man has the absolute moz on him, Lightning, and that is Stuart Broad. Yes. Let's look at the scoreboard, my friend, while you're busy not reading. I'll read it to you. Davey Warner, 17 dismissals by Broad. Yes. Not to be confused by my average Saturday night in the club, 17 dismissals by a Broad. No. <laughs> <laughs> and he is struggling, Lightning. I cannot understand how this guy can still front up week in, week out. No, this was actually meant to be a war hero. I can only sit back and marvel, Lightning, how this guy can front up week in, week out, getting slapped from pillar to post by his personal slave master and bully, Stuart Broad. Lightning, we as Australians, pay a lot of tax dollars every year into sports. Heaven knows, based on what I saw at my recent visit to the National Art Gallery, those coins aren't rolling into arts and culture lightning. So all this money going to sport is either siphoned off to those selfish bastards on the Olympic gymnast team or to cricket, the sport of kings, lightning. And... These greedy cricketers have every possible resource within Reach Lightning. Mm. They've got physiotherapists. They've got dietitians. Do they not have team psychiatrists? In Warner's case, a primary school teacher would do someone to break this psychological spell that has been cast upon him, Lightning. Mm. I actually am privy to some of these inkblot tests that came back from our friend Warner prior to the kickoff of the tour. And I'll read you this scoreboard, you lazy bastard. <laughs> the inkblot test read 15 broads and two decocks. This should have shown that there is a major flaw in that man's cranium. So what are we going to do about it? I have a plan. Thanks for asking. My plan is some sort of strange semi-witness protection program whereby <laughs> he comes out behind some sort of Warner Brothers-esque shrub and just makes his way onto the pitch, disguised. Because if that bully can't find his bogeyman in the figurative playground, I think we're good, Lightning. I don't know what else we can do. Do we, do we suddenly announce the inclusion of Mitch Warner next test match? I don't know what it takes. Well said, Cutters. It is getting ridiculous and to the point where the Australian players are playing up on it. Like when he went out to bat recently, he discovered someone had actually pinned bunny ears onto his helmet. <laughs> uh, I heard that Labashane had already walked out to square leg in anticipation. It <laughs> can't be good for morale, Lightning. <laughs> when three opening batsmen stroll out, that's right. <laughs> It is getting absolutely ridiculous, Cutters, because pretty much everywhere Warner turns, Broad's just following him. I mean, 
He started pulling Broad's keys out of the bowl every time. You know, he started seeing his profile bob up on Tinder every swipe. It's just relentless. 17 dismissals in Test cricket is absolutely absurd. And every English person that wants to register a couple of extra catches, they've got 13 players in the slip court currently. <laughs> They're literally lining up. Give me another couple. Oh, my turn. Oh. Catters, it was pretty hilarious to note it wasn't only the Australian team piling it on Davy Warner. Stuart Broad's <laughs> father has joined the game. Uh, oh, neutral international test official. Yes, I know him. Yes. Yeah, Mr. <laughs> yes. Broad. Totally neutral yeah. at all times. Yeah, yeah, I know him. Yeah, yeah. The person you'd expect to have buying into international <laughs> cricket games and having opinions. Um, correct. And so he jumps on Twitter and posts a meme he'd created where he'd photoshopped Davy Warner's face on Bart Simpson, who was at the blackboard writing hundreds of times over, I will not go out to Stuart Broad again. I will not go out to Stuart Broad again. <laughs> Unbelievable. I had no idea that it was bring your dad to work day, but there you go. Stewie Broad's father's <laughs> in the conversation. Well, Lightning, the smart-ass arrogant prick clearly doesn't fall far from the smart-ass arrogant prick tree. <laughs> but Davey Warner, let's see if he survives through to the fourth test, Lightning. At the time of recording, he is still in the team and still in the country against all advice from DFAT. <laughs> So for my war criminal lightning, it's Travis Head. Mm. Great name, terrible facial hair. <laughs> he had what was a killer moat. Yes. Reminded me of the power of the 80s lightning. It just exuded confidence. Mm. And what happens on day one of the third test? He fronts up as bald as a badger's butt. <laughs> Is that a saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that old saying. Yeah, the old badger's butt. <laughs> Those chimney sweeps convinced me that that was a common saying, Lightning. Anyways, I don't know what happened with this guy, but apparently it came to light later in the match that it was not a fashion choice. He had not suddenly decided he'd like to be sexually active one day in the future. No, instead... <laughs> He merely slipped lightning yes. whilst shaving it. And, you know, it's the worst slip-related crime we've seen since Root on day one, day two, day three, day four, day five. Second test. Day one, day two. But my biggest issue with this lightning is not the lack of precision from our middle-order batter here, lightning. It's the fact that... Cricketers are very superstitious. Mm. If you have a winning formula, you don't mess with it. Yes. Dating all the way back, Lightning, to that time in the 1930s when Demon Spoffer pulled a cat out of the bag and literally pulled a black cat out of the kit bag ahead of the first session, Lightning, and was forced to pull off that same trick for the remainder of his career every freaking morning, the poor guy. You know, he could have had an extra five years as a bowler if that rotator in the shoulder hadn't have worn down from such activity lightning. And painful because it was just his coach saying, can you get the bat out of the bag? I mean, a fatal <laughs> error right from the start. Oh, just an absolute communication breakdown there, lightning. And if you've got a winning formula, don't mess with it. I mean, no. Cummins. He's been at a gig every single night since that successful <laughs> effort with Bruce Springsteen. And it has to be three hours lightning. And he doesn't mind if it's 
a subpar covers band at his local cafeteria, the Red Hot China Potterers, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I hear their rendition of Under the Trent Bridge is very emotional, Lightning. <laughs> Lightning, who's your war hero? Well, Cutters, for me, my war hero is a man we featured a lot. In fact, he's already been a war hero in this segment on previous podcasts, and that is Ben Stokes. He mm. is an absolute champion, Cutters. I mean, he continues to deliver, and he delivers despite having a wreck of a body. He has knee injuries. He has hamstring injuries. He has back injuries. But incredibly, Cutters, despite knocks to the head and the elbow and the arm, he just not only stays on the park, he absolutely takes it to the Aussies. In the last match, he copped a ball right on the tip of the elbow. Most blokes would be walking off. He just tonks a few more sixes. This test was incredible. He was continuously doubled over, struggling to run through for a single. Everyone's waiting for him to retire hurt. England were 5 for 87, and he put together 80 runs at a runner ball and put England back in the game. It was absolutely incredible. So now the latest, though, Cutters, is this back injury that I could only assume is a result of having carried the team on it for the last several <laughs> years. So uh, I think um, previously he had a monkey on his back, but uh, once when Stuart Broad jumped off his back and then the whole team jumped on, uh, he's been really struggling. So is it any wonder? But Katters, this test was incredible for just seeing where blow after blow and continuing to execute exceptionally and seen most evidently when he copped an absolute snorter in the plums. Got absolutely... <laughs> shanked in the box. <laughs> I believe that's a dessert in parts of Yorkshire, a snorter in the plums. <laughs> so he's even having time for a quick little pick-me-up in between deliveries and seeing him doubled over in pain on the ground and seeing all the trainers run out and start pointing and laughing, uh, uh, jeering. Some of the other team members joined him as well. Ha, 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 isn't it funny? Let's count them. How's your Bazballs? All the comments were there. <laughs> I thought it was great foresight lightning for them to include Michael McIntyre as the 12th man, just to be able to yes. come on and do a tight five around the topical <laughs> humour he'd prepared. Stokes, uh, he's always been a player out of the box, and uh, at this point he was struggling to get it out of the box, uh, I think, after that delivery. And after his heroics that have captured the hearts and, ooh, cringes of a nation, I look forward to that shattered box being auctioned for charity in the coming weeks uh, with all proceeds going to the London Soprano Boys Choir, of which Stokes himself is now an honorary member. Cutters, <laughs> my war criminal, uh, ex-players taking pot shots. And for me, hearing a whole raft of generally beaten up, bashed up former English cricketers whose careers were ended in tatters by the Aussies, now in the commentary box, mic in hand, 
trying to take down these Aussie legends. And we can hear of players like Nasser Hussein and Michael Atherton and KP and Mark Butcher, for crying out loud, throwing in their two cents worth from the sidelines. We've heard KP pumping up the tyres of a quick-fire 25, you know, and (laughs) trying to barrack for a nation he didn't even grow up in. We have heard all sorts of nonsense from all sorts of players you know, when Philip Tufnell's telling me how to suck eggs, I know there's something wrong with the state of the world. <laughs> Couldn't agree more, Lightning. The only advice I want to get from the likes of Philip DeFratis or Devin Malcolm is how to avoid the traffic on the way out of the ground. <laughs> well, exactly, Cutters. And for me, war criminal number one. Numero uno. Numero uno. The number one wanted war criminal in my eyes is Alistair Cook, Mm. former opening batsman and former captain for England, Captain Cook, known for his slow, dour, stodgy manner at the crease and in person. Uh, (laughs) He was not someone oozing with charisma or personality, our cookie monster. He was an incredible batter cutters, but a not-so-credible commentator. (laughs) Something that we are seeing the English commentators resort to all sorts of ridiculous byplay being too loved down in the series they are employing the paparazzi to dig up whatever crap they can they are trying to dredge up whatever the heck they can to put australia off their game mm. and of course historically we've seen the paparazzi produce pictures of late night outings with women we've seen betting scandals we've seen all sorts of people's dark history brought up mid test in order to put them off their game so Alistair Cook does his investigative reporting by breaking the incredible story, the scoop, to have found that the Australian cricket team went and got a haircut. <laughs> that a bunch of them went for a short back and sides. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like Davy Warner's wagon wheel, this series, Lightning. <laughs> exactly. But the story that Cook broke was not only this incredible event that the cricket team had gone for a quick little haircut together, but that a player had left without paying. (gasps) I mean, here, this is incredible, scandalous. And then, of course, he drops the name. He says the player had the first name Alex. I believe it was Alex Carey. (laughs) Drops him in it, and the result was furor. The Cricket Australia came out and disputed the story. Steve Smith jumped up on Twitter defending him. They had to show pictures to demonstrate that Carey hadn't even had a haircut. <laughs> oh, I mean, this is the kind of warfare we're talking about, cutters on and off the field. It's fair to say, though, for uh, Captain Alistair Cook that sledging was never his strongest suit. This feels reminiscent of the times he would have used to yell out, get a haircut, you mug, and then don't pay for it. <laughs> So, Cutters, it's a bit rich. Coming from Alistair Cook, from a man who my sources reliably inform me, took a hiatus in 2005 from cricket to uh, lead a civil war uprising in the uh, West African nation of Ghana. Uh, I I think. Uh, Allegedly. Uh, Definitely. Definitely. And England skipper Andrew Strauss arrived in London proudly showing off the little urn. And Belinda, I just can't understand how something so small can be so impressive. Well, Mark, you would know about that. Thank you very much. Cutters, we need to head towards test number four. But before we do that, it is LBO, the last backhander's opinion. 
There's a fair bit happening, not just in the men's game, but the women's game, Catters. Mm. And as we go to award our McDonald's award, it's important to focus on the fact that the Aussies have lost matches. This is unheard of, Catters. This doesn't happen so much so that as they are in the middle of the one-day series and have suffered a loss, we have seen this as their first defeat in 16 matches in that format and actually only their second loss in one day is in 42 matches in one day cricket. I mean, this is just not something that happens. The series is now tied, Catters. We were walking in in a canter, but the English are coming. So perhaps, Catters, it's fair to award the McDonald's Award to the English cricket team. Yeah. And uh, maybe hope that in offering them some sugary buns and some salty chips that hopefully the sugary overload's enough to put them off their game. I mean, I wonder if we need to... Uh, we sign them all up for all you can eat, just to jam a few buns down their throats to um, <laughs> put them in some kind of comatose, sugar-induced state. Might be our best chance of staying in the series. It's worth a try, Lightning. I think regardless of whether you're an elite athlete or a regular Joe, everyone loves a free feed. And so here on behalf of this highly lucrative podcast, I'd like to extend my warm, oil-soaked hand direct from the deep fryer, Lightning. It's not looking so good at the moment. Reminiscent of Mo and Ali's right nub, but uh, I would like to extend that to the women's team. We will sponsor an all you can eat sesh down at your local Maccas, and I cannot rule out the hamburger making an appearance trying to steal your momentum and get our girls over the line because it is looking not so convincing right now. No. Well, in terms of the men's ashes, so we turn towards test number four, and what are we likely to see? What's the next Mitch switch rotation? Is Mitch Johnson in line? <laughs> what other injuries is Stokes going to incur? Can he collect the whole set? Mark Wood, is he in line for three or four more T20 matches within the scope of this next test? Travis Head's head, will it have some stubble on it uh, above his top lip in time for this test? Will Australia play two all-rounders? Will Davey Warner even be considered one-rounder? At this point, the only runs he's likely to see are currently the McDonald's-induced ones from the uh, burgers that he's slammed down from his recent McDonald's voucher. So, Cat has so many questions. We, of course, will be reviewing the test on the other side when you will hopefully join us again, listeners. And in the meantime, please check us out on socials. Please pass the word along. Invite your cricket-loving friends into the backhanders conversation. But until you hear from us again, our backhander friends, make sure you take your time to get your eye in. And if you're an English pundit, take your time to get your facts straight.